The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 19th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, order your disciples to stop. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the stones would shout out. As he came near and saw the city, he wept over it, saying, If you, even you, had only recognized on this day the things that make for peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. Indeed, the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up ramparts around you and surround you and hem you in on every side. They will crush you to the ground, you and your children within you, and they will not leave within you one stone upon another because you did not recognize the time of your visitation from God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. The assembly may be seated. Grace and peace to you from God, our Creator, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I don't know why I acted surprised that it happened, but it gets me nonetheless. Surprised that upon returning home from our vacation in Hot Springs, we returned home with an entire rock collection in our car. Caches of rocks everywhere, everywhere we looked. Some of them were souvenirs from trips into the woods, our walks, the cool rocks that you can't help but pick up and, and stick in a pocket just to take with you. Some of them purchased at gift stores as a memento, right? And some of them, well, a gift from our neighboring campsite. Roughly 25 to 30 pounds of quartz that the children next to us went and dug out and then left. But, you know, we're good people. We can't just leave quartz like that, right? So what did we do? We brought a sack of rocks home because that's what we do. And as a kid, I get it, did the same thing. Anytime we go on a walk, fill my rocks and hands with pockets and then complain about how miserable the walk was. Yeah, yeah, we do this kind of thing. But, but even as adults, you see, even as adults, we like rocks. We like rocks and the stories that they tell. I'll never forget my first call, my first office as a pastor, coming in and sitting down all my stuff on my desk, excited to finally have a library to put my books on. And as I started unpacking that first box right behind the pastor's desk, what did I find but rocks? A pile of pieces of broken marble. The office was empty, besides a desk, a chair, and marble, and I could not figure out what was going on, so I did what any sane person would do. I ignored it and just put my books around it. Fast forward a few months later, a beloved parishioner proudly strode into my office and said, Oh, pastor, did you find the rocks in your office? Well, yes. Yes, I did. Why? Was my question. Oh, pastor, those are special pieces of marble. Those are from the original altar rail that crumbled because, of course, an altar rail made of marble is going to crumble after being pushed down on, and, and, but we couldn't get rid of all of it, so we put it in the pastor's office. They're for you. And, and if you like it, if you peel away the fine linens on the table, we even put a piece inside of the altar wood as well. Awesome. What do I do with these? Oh, they're decoration, pastor. Great. Now I have a church rock collection. Right. 
we, we, we do these things, right? We, we, we do these things, and we can't help it. But even at St. Paul, we do these things. If you were to step outside, you would see our cornerstone, right? A special rock, a special stone that commemorates the building of our building, right? We do this. Rocks and stones tell stories, and, and we love the stories that we tell. In fact, we love them so much that I came to find out that you can still buy pet rocks. You want to know what they cost these days? 30 bucks on Amazon. 30 bucks. And you know what's even wilder than that? 4.3 stars out of five. These rocks are killing it with their reviews. It is absurd to read. Over and over. I went down that rabbit hole for like three hours prepping this sermon. I mean, it was just wild to read. To see what people were saying. People saying how this rock changed their family. My children never knew responsibility until now, but now it all makes sense. I'm like, yo, guys, low bar. But look, we love rocks. Rocks tell stories, and certainly that is the case here today. As Jesus says, even if they were silent, the stones would shout. Stones and rocks have a very prominent role, as it turns out, throughout the history of God's people, throughout the history of Scripture. You may recall for the Israelites, it was from a stone that that was stricken by a staff that they were fed with water while parched out in the wilderness. In fact, it was doing that a second time in an unsanctioned fashion that got Moses in some big, big trouble with God. And it was on stones that they received the best ways to live, the ten best ways as we call them the Ten Commandments. Stones throughout Scripture also mark holy places, places where the divine encounters the human. Certainly, it was the case for Abram and Sarai as they made their travels, as they marked those locations with altars made out of stones at Bethel and Shechem to remember for posterity that God was there and present with them. Indeed, the temple in the New Testament, stone upon stone, plays a pivotal role role in the scripture and will certainly play a pivotal role in Holy Week that lies ahead. And today, the stones serve as witnesses, witnesses of the parade we just heard, a joyful event filled with shouts of Hosanna as people cover those stones with their palm fronds and their coats as they welcome in the king who comes in the name of the Lord, shouting out, peace in heaven. You may recall, this is the same king who was heralded by the angels at his birth with shouts of peace on earth. In other words, Jesus is that connector between the earthly and the divine realms here this day, as the earth echoes the peace that was given at his birth back to the heavens as he comes into Jerusalem. And we know, we know what this echoing peace looks like, right? The peace of the Lord be with you always. See, we know this. We do it all the time. We hear peace echoing all the time around us, but the challenge is when peace becomes nothing more than an echo of a distant past or a yet experienced future, right? Jesus is living today in that liminal space, In that liminal space is the some of the Pharisees come up to him and tell him to tell his disciples to hush up, 
to stop crying out and naming a new king, to stop echoing heaven's peace back and forth from earth, to stop proclaiming peace in all places. Jesus, Jesus looks at them and says, it's too late, friends. It's too late. There's nothing I can do to stop this. Because even if I told them to stop, the stones themselves would shout, And that itself is an echo of a prophecy from long before, from the prophet Habakkuk, where when he's speaking of a house that is built on injustice, the prophet said it won't stand long because the very stones will cry out from the wall and the plaster will respond from within the woodwork. Injustice is what lies ahead for Jesus this day as he laments over Jerusalem, saying these words, if even you had only recognized this day the things that make for peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. In other words, Jesus is looking at these people and he's saying you wouldn't know peace if it was staring you in the face. And you want to know a secret? It is. They don't see it. Because you see, we live in a world where peace is only discussed over bodies. Only after death and destruction are we willing to come to the table to finally and once and for all begin to talk about peace. This is true. Back 2,000 years ago in the time of Jesus, as we know all too well, we will see in the days to come, but it is true here in 2022 as well. As we look around in our world, as we hear about what's happening in Eastern Europe and in Ukraine, we are seeing that truth, that peace so often in our world comes over bodies. That's not what Jesus teaches us, though. Throughout Scripture, Jesus lays out a different path of peace, a different opportunity, a different way. Jesus says it's through love, it's through care, it's through mutuality that we can experience peace, but Jesus knows the world doesn't want to echo God's peace. So Jesus does something quite remarkable. Jesus chooses to work peace by the ways of the world. Jesus chooses to work peace through bodies, in this case, his own body. And he says he's going to do this as the crowds cry out for peace and cry out for salvation as it stands before them this day. This day, when we raise our palms, when we shout out Hosanna, when we cry out for Jesus, who is our peace. And if we forget that fact, if we forget that Jesus is our peace, We are fortunate because we have stones around us to remind us of that reality. The very stones of this building remind us of that reality, of Jesus who is our peace and who is with us right here at this table every time we gather. In bread and wine, our peace is with us. Lest we forget that that is why Christ is here today, and that is why Christ will die tomorrow, and that is why Christ will rise again each and every day. 
Thanks be to God for the peace not only in heaven, but that echoes back from earth as well. Amen.